Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Coffee and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. I think the mentality from an offseason standpoint is to get 1% better every day, right? And understand what the goal is, but what it takes on a daily basis to achieve that. Um, again, attention to detail, effort are, are, are huge pillars of what we look to accomplish in the weight room. And also the mindset of hard work, right? Winter programs across college football, a lot of people are doing the same things, right? What's going to set you apart from those other programs across the country? It's not what we're asking you to do from a day-to-day standpoint, standpoint that's required. It's what are you willing to do extra. So um, I think those three things are, are, are things that we look to, we look to foster um, during winter training. As I got cut off before our break there, I wanted to set up the rest of the show before we get into what Coach Corey Campbell just said there. We will do a roster review at the top of the hour. Uh, That segment coming up next, we will go over the wide receiving room Mm. uh, over at Nebraska, which is hefty and a handful, if if you want to call it both. Um, We will talk about, as I said, the Brandon Miller situation and update you on where those details kind of stand right now and uh, how that program either tries to, to move to move further as they are, what, the second best team in the nation right now, a projected one seed. We have Brian Edwards at 845, Michael Brunts at 9. We'll do the sports six-pack at 930. That's presented by Zipline Brewing. Your questions right here on the show. And then Jordan McAlpine, he's a prospect writer for the rink live. We'll talk Omaha hockey with them as they have home ice for the first round of the NCHC playoffs. But going back to what Corey Campbell said there coming out of the break, getting 1% better. Have we heard that before, DB? Yeah, yeah we have. I think I, we've heard that once or twice. I think it's uh, I think it's kind of commonplace uh, in goal-oriented cultures, you know, where... I think the mentality from an offseason standpoint is to get 1% better every day. Yeah. We talk. It's on our T-shirts. We t- we talk about it uh, in the weight room. We talk about it in the classroom. Like the one percent thing from a culture standpoint, because I think you know whether you know one percent exactly to the fo- uh, to the whole number is kind of inconsequential. It just gives you a reference and a barometer to ask the student-athletes, do you feel like you were better than you were yesterday? Because that's really the goal. Especially in the weight room. Yeah. Because it's hard to grow in the weight room. It's not hard to grow on the football field. Especially when you feel like just based on how muscle growth and development goes, there's always going to kind of be what you feel is a plateau point, right? Where, man, I've I've been stuck on 240 for... You know, a I'm, week. I'm done with it. Right. And, you know, so what else is it that's in your work capacity that can get you out of that, that mental, kind of that mental rut? So 
uh, I'm all in. And if nothing else, it's kind of because it's what I believe. Well, you're all in, but so are the players because right now they are buying in and you wouldn't get results unless you buy in. And they believe in the work that is put forward in this strength and conditioning program. Um, all bias aside for Coach Campbell, as he's probably in my top five of favorite coaches at Nebraska. Well, you only have nine to choose from. Yeah, but if we did a top five, he would well, be I in guess my top t- five. Well, I guess ten if you want to use strength and conditioning. Who would be in your top five? Uh, Bartle, Rule, Coop. No, 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 no. Retract. No. Let's go rule. He's, he's losing Let's rule. Let's go rule. <laughs> Barthel. Campbell. No particular order. Uh, Rayola. And T. White. Good ones. Rule. Yeah. Cooper, as you know. For my you? My guy. Yeah. McGuire. <laughs> Caleb likes Coop, too. <laughs> my guy. Yeah. Campbell. I feel and like I know McGuire the least. He's easy to relate to for me, though. So that's why I like him. That's probably... A Co- couple of 20-somethings? 20, 20 well, and I feel he is just one of those in the wide receiving room, and we can get into that more in our next segment, but being around the same age as those guys, I, as in regards to building relationships, that would help me if mm. I had somebody mm. that was a role model but wasn't... 20 years older than me. Who do you think my last guy is? Foley. I love Ed Foley. I, <laughs> I love Ed Foley. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love that guy. That dude, he is a workaholic, but he is also somebody that's like a little bit on like the awkward side, um, but he's he embraces de- he's, that. He's definitely. And it comes out as personable. I love that side of him. Definitely quirky. I'm, and I'm telling you. If he can get that special teams rounded in the form and have each of those individual coaches take some ownership of the pieces of the special teams, man, if, if uh, Nebraska's return game has just been so poor. And I don't so much worry about the, the putting foot to ball. So the place kicking and kickoffs, they'll be okay. Um, I, the return game is where I think Nebraska – can really grow the most, in 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 my opinion. But to go back, what I was saying about Campbell is, I like that. Not only does he have a plan for the players, but he has a plan for himself into dealing with the players this early on. He talked about being able to create optimal athletes and not weightlifters. I mean, to have a strength and conditioning coach that isn't there just to get you as strong, as strong, as strong for him. No, it's as strong, as strong, as strong for the team, for what you can do on the field. And maybe it's not getting super strong. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's becoming more versatile. Maybe it's getting better just conditioned overall. Campbell too, Shane. Coming in the door, had to figure out what the baseline was. You know, and, and within a lot of things that we do from a training standpoint, those are evaluations in and of themselves. From a warm-up standpoint, from what we do in the weight room, right, we're evaluating movement efficiency, you know, mechanics. Um, from a 
a volume and intensity standpoint in a way in which we program, right? And our ability to track how fast the barbell is moving with some of the technology that we have, those give us assessments on strength. You know, coming in the door, didn't want to ask them to max out, right? I hadn't seen them, you know, but that'll come later in the future. But utilizing to our advantage, um, again, processes such as warm-ups, such as uh, movements in the weight room to help identify that, and then we have that baseline and we can build on that so that we can get you know more solidified numbers uh, once we approach spring ball and summer training. He's done this before. <laughs> once or twice. I don't know, like, okay, so I don't know enough about everybody else around the country I do think it sounds different to not come in right away and see where guys are at from a strength standpoint. He's easing into that, which I thought was kind of interesting because, you know, learning a little bit more about what they're doing in the strength and conditioning department, it makes sense now. But if I want to tailor a workout for you, I kind of should know what I'm dealing with from a from a strength mm -hmm. and a movement standpoint. But they've negotiated that nicely without getting the big numbers at the top. I, again, that's kind of above my pay grade in terms of what I know works, but it, it seems a little different than what I've known. When you were a player, were workouts individualized to you or were they individualized to the position group? So they were customized. It was a little bit of both. Right, so running backs would work out in similar fashion. Now the strength, the, the weights could be different within there, but the workouts were the same. It would be different than what we did from right. like, let's say offensive linemen or defensive linemen, but it changed. You know, when I was in school, we got rid of a couple of lifts for um, strength and conditioning purposes. You know, my last two years, we weren't concerned near as much with bench. Um, it wasn't on the the index testing. We went more to hang clean, squat. Um, we went to um, very, very high speed and intensity workouts, very low weight, uh, which was different than my first couple of years, which was, you know, how much weight can you move? Um, a lot of force against the ground stuff. A lot of core. I, I'd like to think we were we used to be on the cutting edge of of core strength, you know, medicine balls, and we felt like it was kind of weird. It's like, you want me to be able to do this with my stomach and sit with this on a ball and be able to put weight on my back like this? Why can't I? You know, so the whole core strength thing I think was just getting started, which is why I think we had so many people coming to watch our strength and conditioning program. We used to see schools at Nebraska all the time in the offseason. You know, Florida State would come in, Miami would come in. We watched these other schools like look at our strength and conditioning. And they basically took it and kind of passed us by. You could call that a little chaotic. Dvoracek chaos for me, Shane. The number is it's at the bottom. It is. There's no number next to it. Yeah, it's it's toward the it's uh, below it's, nine. Yep. At the end, Dvorak chaos. Um, that's a great question. Chaos. Chaos. 
<laughs> That's what you could call all those people showing up and thinking, hey, how can we recreate Nebraska when you played football? Hey, um, That's a great question. It is. There's Chaos? A, there's another one I wanted to get to, but we'll come back after we take a break. I felt like he was by far and away the most interesting. Dvorak, really? Yeah. yeah. And we only got eight minutes of him. Yeah. I there, You know, there's this green freshness to him, but I still think at the end of the day, the position that he coaches he could, it's, could be playing a little coy. I mean, because I, I, I think he's a I think he's a he's legit. got an interesting position position group. Yes, he does. A lot of wild cards there. Yep. When and we, somebody's going to come from off the grid. When we watch. come back, we'll talk about that, and we'll break down the wide receiving room next. <laughs> 